Welcome to Reputation Revolution. This is the podcast where we help individuals like you to establish your voice in the marketplace, enhance the credibility of that voice, extend the reach of your story and your message, and finally, extract value from your efforts in building a meaningful personal brand that's both recognized and respected. Now, on with the show. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Trevor and you're listening to Reputation Revolution. This is the show in which we dissect and discuss professional personal branding and what's involved in becoming a genuine, credible thought leader in today's reputation economy. Today, we're going to focus on an area all around capitalizing on the profile and reputation you build in the marketplace. I'm talking about course creation specifically. This will be of particular interest for listeners who are consultants, coaches, advisors, who are currently trading time for money and are looking at ways to maximize their revenue without killing themselves in the process. But first, Reputation Revolution is brought to you by the Credible Authority Academy. Grow your influence, create more impact, learn how to become a credible, influential voice in your industry. Go to CredibleAuthority.com. If you like what we talk about here on the Reputation Revolution, you'll no doubt be interested in what's on offer at Credible Authority Academy. Okay, let's get into the show. My guest today is Greg Burgoyne from New Zealand. Greg is the founder of the Course Creators Academy. He helps thought leaders, experts, coaches and consultants to unpack their valuable IP and create an offering in order to scale their impact. G'day, Greg. Welcome to the show. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Greg, uh, we're going to get into the whole, everything about creating your own courses and scaling your impact. But before we do, uh, can you give the listeners a little bit of a thumbnail sketch of what you do and, but more importantly, the journey to get to where you are, because uh, you've had a a varied background and uh, your reinvention personified. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, a bit of the back. So what I currently do is I help coaches, consultants, experts create and launch their online course and scale their impact. But definitely I've done a lot of changes. So after school, I spent a year in Mexico. Uh, I came back and studied law and commerce at university, did five and a half years, failed one paper, so I did another half a year on the end. Um, then I got involved in pastoring. So I was working for a church. Uh, then I got involved in civil construction, working as a contract manager between the people on site and the um, engineers in the offices um, got involved in, uh, there was a software company that I was doing marketing for them and uh, working with a little bit of their legal contracts, Um, got back involved in pastoring and then now is doing, I'm doing online course creation. So multiple reinventions and uh, it's been, yeah, it's been a bit of a wild ride and, and lots learned. So how did you, like, that's a very zigzag. How did you end up with uh, course creation? Yeah, so I think when I um, when I finished up with law, so I went into law because I uh, was told I would be good at it and I actually enjoyed the process of it, but I realised how much paperwork was involved in the back end, which I didn't realise when I started. So I was there five and a half years deep, went to a um, careers counsellor and basically they said, look, uh, you're great with people. Um, you, you're good at putting and uh, mapping things together. You've got a good mind for these sort of things. It sounds like you would make a great consultant had you considered being a consultant. So in my years working with people, I had that in the back of my mind. And when I was looking at starting a business, I thought, um, who would I love to work with every day? 
I actually did a strengths profile from Clifton Strengths, and mine are input learner, woo, communicator, activator. So basically, it's a double dose of give me more information. I love that. <laughs> woo is winning others over. Um, yeah, uh, communication is as it sounds, communicating, and then activate is getting stuff started. So, I was, what is a business that I could learn lots of new information all the time, be dropped into places where I don't understand, have to learn quickly, and then yep. work out how do we communicate and get things started? So, I started going. I figured that was coaches and consultants, and I just went. I went to the ones that I already knew, and I said to them, "What are your biggest problems in your business? What are you facing? What's going on?" And they said, "We can't scale." got a time for money exchange and it grew from there it's a it's an amazing world at the moment the infrastructure around creating courses educating i i think and and it really ramped up during COVID. of course um we i don't know if you you've probably no doubt seen the uh, all the stats about how big the let's call it the online education um sector is uh tipped to grow like amazing it's going to be it is amazing and it's huge now and there's a massive infrastructure behind it but it's just we're just getting going what's your thoughts on the industry as a a whole at the moment yeah absolutely well looking at the industry i would say it's it's in it's not infancy but it's got a lot of room to mature and seeing the bigger trends that are happening around micro learning just in time learning um you know the importance of relationship through that process cohort based um, transformational programs. There's a lot that can be improved in how people learn. And I think because we were forced to go online, it accelerated that by a couple of years. But I think a number of the course hosting platforms are still pretty immature. Uh, they're frustrating that they don't give you everything that you need. And so I think they are going to mature in a, in a big way. But also people that are able to create assets and um, work out how to productize their expertise. There's going to be people that start building communities or you know even smaller tribes around what they the problem that they solve. So there's a lot of space in the market, a lot of space to grow. So you use the word there, productize your expertise. So let's take that theme and run with it. Um, I guess the, the, the whole notion now is that a, a lot of people who probably listen to the show, they're, they're experts, they're thought leaders, or you know they've been in the game for a long time, in the trenches, um, got the scars on the knuckles to prove it. They know their stuff. Um, they, they've got the chops. Now, whether or not they put themselves out there um, and go down that path, I want to unpack that side of things mm. as well. But I just want to talk, think about the, 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 the probably the bigger trend of you know people uh, being, maybe being in corporate for a long time and and um, for whatever reason are re-evaluating what they do. They want more purpose in life. Um, people have been running their own businesses and running themselves into the ground. Um, you've probably got people who, you know, have had good agencies or firms or consulting businesses uh, employing people over the journey and took a hit over COVID. So we're rethinking things all over the place, but there's never been a better time, Greg, has there, to, if you've got great expertise in your space to build potentially a global business off the back of that and you don't need an office in the city and you don't need staff necessarily. Um, so that's that's the position we're at at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. A lot is changing. And I mean, recently we just moved to a smaller town in New Zealand. Um, and the reason, part of the reason that we did that is because this whole business is run through a Zoom, <laughs> a Zoom link uh, and the ability to be able to interact with people online. So we said, well, where do we want to live? What's the impact that we want to make? And, and how do we do that? So, yeah, I think there's a massive opportunity for that. And as people are working out, what are they? I think with COVID, a lot of people had to sit with themselves and ask those questions. What do I really want? 
um, what does that look like? And what's the, you know, reimagining work and life. Yes. Uh, and so if you, uh, if you currently have a, an exchange of time for money, which is either a classic employment, I give my time, I get money in exchange, or a version of that with coaching, time for money exchange. And there's other ways of, of doing that. Obviously, people I think have been looking at, is there a different way to exchange value? And there's a bit of a, a mindset change going, how do I solve a problem for value in exchange for, uh, well, solve a, a, a painful problem in a way that doesn't directly link to my time? There's more yeah. people looking at how do you do that? So for a coach, a coach, consultant, expert, someone in that space, uh, the question that I help people answer is, what part of my business could I productize that solves a problem that doesn't necessarily need a direct correlation of my time? And mm. so it's not necessarily the whole business sometimes, uh, but you can do that. Otherwise, it's just a part of it, the right part to turn into. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I mean, there's kind of like that value ladder, isn't there? There's the stuff you give away for free and then there's maybe some uh, packages. Maybe it is an online course and we'll delve into that. That's a bit cheaper and then maybe a group coaching. Uh, and then there's one-on-one, -on -one, which is probably is more your traditional, um, you know, trading time for money. But yeah, if, absolutely. if you've got revenue coming in underneath that, uh, it's only the real action takers and the people who want to get ahead really quickly who are going to probably do the one-on-one. -on -one. And you can scale that business a lot, a lot more because you don't need to do as many one-on-ones, but there's a lot of people who are one-on-ones, whether they're consulting and they're going out to see the clients and they're doing that or they're doing one-on-one -on -one more advisory and coaching, that they, um, they're, just, they're just slammed for time. And, and the only way to grow is you either put on staff, which I've done in the past and you know built the agency side and... All the hassles that come with that, including a uh, lease. I don't know why you'd want to lease these days. Um, and then, although they're probably a lot cheaper than they <laughs> they, they were back in those days. But uh, or it's um, you know you just you're you're the talent and you're the one that's on the calls every time, and that that can get exhausting. And we hear stories of burnout all the time. So there's a couple of different uh, options there. That if you get the bigger you get, the harder it sometimes can be. Yeah, absolutely. And like you've said, there's different ways, there's different ways that you can package how you're interacting with people. Um, and I think being able to work out, for example, is it at the, the lead generation end? Can I productize a solving a small but painful problem that would lead to uh, more leads in my business by doing that? Or is it a low ticket, sort of 100 to $250 um, that is going to solve a small but painful problem in a video format, something that's productized, doesn't involve my time? But that still doesn't necessarily solve the time issue, uh, which is um, I work with people to create a course plus coaching business model, which is how do I get the best of productization, but still keep the customization, but create something that frees up my time. And that's often what people are looking to do is I don't just want more leads or a way to create some passive income. Although if you go down that route, you, you can do that. But yeah. for a lot of people, it's working out how do I just have more time in my, you know, work with the clients that I want to work with because I choose to, not because I have to financially say yes. Yes. And so there's often a sliding scale, which is the bottom end, it's free and then low ticket. And then you've got a hybrid model potentially. And then leave the one-on-one. -on -one. Most people I work with still want to work one-on-one, -on -one, but they want to choose when they do it. They want to yeah. say, I work with that client because I chose to, because I want to, or that is now a, a much higher priced um, thing if you'd like to work with me in that way. So I want to work with the people that I want to work with. I want to live where I want to work, live, and I want to work the hours that I want to work. So this is all about 
uh, I guess freedom is what you you know you, we're talking about here. Freedom and lifestyle to a degree, but you can still work pretty hard and have a crappy lifestyle going down this path if you want. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then the words that I use are impact, leverage, and lifestyle. People are saying I still want to make a difference. That's why I got into it. There's a purpose piece to why I'm doing what I'm doing or reinventing themselves. So the impact, leverage is how do I look at smarter ways of not just exchanging my time and, and having great impact. And that third one is, like you said, lifestyle. Um, what does it look, what does my week look like? Um, a question I like to ask is, what is an ideal week when it's done? So how much time with family, how much time maybe traveling, how much time resting, recreation, how much time working? Um, not that it's an escape from work, but how much work with what clients, what would that actually look like? And so helping people redesign their week instead of um, having it as a, a goal sort of 10, 20 years later that they can finally enjoy what if you could design a business that you could still enjoy while you work well let's look at a jump off point greg um what are the options that people have now let's just sort of so people can see it in their heads um let's go through that value ladder what are the actual things that they can be doing um and you alluded to some price points there we could go into price points although that's going to be different depending on what sort of industry and what you're offering but what's um, let's go from go to woe, the, the, the spread of productization of our yeah. IP. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, so, so first of all, you'd have your free content, which is if you've got uh, people on an email list and you're adding value to them, if you're posting for free on social media, maybe you're attending in-person networking events, whatever you're doing, that is your free way of helping people and providing value. Next thing would be providing some intention that's a, a lead magnet. So a lead magnet is something that they might download in exchange for the email address. Might be a way to build an audience that you then nurture. A step above that, um, you're taking a step in terms of the size problem that you're solving and the value that it is to the person that have it solved. So you might create a, a $49 course, if you think 49 through to 490 maybe. Sort of in that bracket, I, I say to people 100 to 250 because it's just a, a simple way to think of actually I can solve a $100 problem or a $250 problem as a coach or consultant with some really helpful advice that I just say again and again and again. So it's looking for what is the thing that you just keep saying to people or um, another way of putting it is what is the problem to solve before people work with you? You think, oh, if they just had that, that would mean they would be the ideal target client and so you can solve that in a video format. And where that might sit is a, a profile video. Uh, sorry, a profile course. And so if you had uh, on your LinkedIn profile or Instagram or Facebook or wherever you're doing that, um, yep. you could have it as a link that people click on and they could then have access to you at that price point. Um, you might put it at the bottom of an email as just a super signature, you know, um, something that mentions that and the problem that it solves and it just is continually there for people to first yep. access with you. Um, you can go up to $1,000 plus in terms of an online course, course and worksheets. The challenge is um, you can solve a really valuable problem, but the challenge is completion rates. So people buy a course, but they don't finish it. And statistically, completion rates are under 10%. And so you might be making good money, but there's a part of if you want to get transformational results, you need to look at what is the piece uh, yes. to help them do that. So the next step would be, uh, I'd say, 1000 to 15000 which is a course plus coaching hybrid transformational model, taking people from point A to point B. Whoa, let's roll that out again. That was good. That rolled off the tongue pretty well. Eh? <laughs> hey, um, so a course plus coaching. Yep. 
um, transformational program. Yep. Be a way to put it. So helping them go from point A to point B. And this is, you know, how do they currently think, feel, what can they not do and what do they not have? That's their current state. And with the course, which is the content, maybe there's community, which makes it more sticky in terms of your program. They interact with one another, they share wins, they share losses, they they bond over the same journey together. So there's course yep. for content community and coaching. Uh, coaching provides the the moments that you, yes, but what about me? Or I'm stuck here or yep. um, so that is, um, you know, pricing and solving a problem, say thousand to 15,000. And then above that is just customized one-on-one -on -one coaching. So you get access to me and you pay for that. And consulting and advisory, that sort of sure. thing. So that's that's more the the old school stuff. <laughs> let's the one you just the one just before. So we'll, let's focus on uh, the course, uh, which was the lower ticket, and then the one that can go be a bigger ticket. Yeah, and that's let's call that the hybrid because it's a hybrid. Sure. There's learning modules. There's online stuff. Um, there's coaching. There's probably some group coaching. Maybe some individual. Co there's no right or wrong, by the way any of this um, yeah, sure. and and you know the community aspect let's unpack that then what what are some variations that you've seen like how long is it a finite 10 week five week 20 week all year what are we talking depends yes. on the, size of the transformation of course and the complexities involved yeah, so there's a bit of a sweet spot in terms of people's attention span and the ability to see the transformation. So apparently, statistically, that's six to eight weeks. Yep. And the reason for that is people can go, oh, I could imagine committing to that for, say, four, six, eight weeks. Um, you can absolutely go beyond that. My personal program is four months, and I've worked with clients as well that they create 12-month programs. They sell into organizations, which is half an hour of content for people to watch plus a one hour group coaching with people within the organization plus you know there's something else so they basically design a rhythm that makes sense for 12 months so um yeah in terms of that it would be a sweet spot of what's a another way to think about it will be what's a two thousand dollar problem i can solve in six to eight weeks with a mix of an online course plus some group coaching support Yep. That's the sort of very simple yeah. you know, wrapping your head around that. There's 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 lots of different ways you could then provide the support. Yeah. Well, I've done the sort of the group coaching, which is all the materials plus front up every week for, you know, and learn together um, for 10 weeks. And that's a good way of validating ideas and getting feedback. And it's actually quite a a good way to learn a little bit more about what people want um, and and understand how you can help them sort of transform without, once you've done it once, you can then roll it out again and again. The thing with, I guess, with a hybrid is, uh, as you said, eight to 10 weeks, you're probably launching that at a time. So let's look at that then. You, it's a launch. Uh, we're starting on this date, you know, six weeks out or five weeks out, you might start promoting it. Here's the launch, start, finish, and then you back another one in after that um, versus what you originally said, the, the smaller yeah, absolutely. Based so evergreen. When you're doing evergreen. a cohort-based one, you're likely going to be doing an education phase, what I call an education phase and a sales phase, which is warming up the audience to the idea. I talk about shifting belief, adding value, and connecting with you. So what are the beliefs that need to be shifted in order for them to say, I'm even open to this, I'm interested? 
Uh, what's the value that could be added so that they get a sense of what's possible for them and connecting with you personally. So an education phase and then a sales phase, which is the direct invitation to, you know, this program is is going to be starting on this date. Here's the transformational outcome. So there's a there's a launch to it. And then, yeah, you can have people moving through at the same pace and you've got um, the, the easy thing about doing a cohort when everyone starts at the same time is you can plan your course content and the check-ins to be exactly the same. Uh, my personal one is evergreen, so you can join any time. And so each person's individual, say it was eight weeks, is just starting depending on when they start. So there's either that you keep track with a success coach or just you play that role yourself. You keep track of where they're at and you make sure you're providing prompts for them to move through at their own speed but it's not as clean. Cohort obviously is very tidy. They all start at the same time. They move through. If anyone's falling off the bandwagon, mm. you know. Uh, but the thing with cohorts is making sure that you've actually promoted the next one <laughs> so you don't get caught in doing the cohort and then going, right, hadn't thought about promoting the next one. Yeah. But um, the, the good thing about that is you can have a very clear finish, capture testimonials, use them to promote the next round yeah. and plan another intake. What about um, sort of a combination where you are, it is self-paced, so the evergreen, I suppose, self-paced, they come in at any time, but then you offer a lot, sort of like community behind it um, that, I'm trying to think, um, you know, fortnightly Q&As that anyone can rock up and who, who is a course member and they can always get access to that. So those Q&As could be via Zoom, you know, the 12 12 noon at every second Thursday or whatever you want to do and you rock up and whoever want, and if people have got questions they can ask in advance um, and and you you have a riff with people and they learn as much from each other which is what I've always found they learn from each other as well as you know a lot of people have got the same questions it's just that they're different parts of the different times of the course but I'm not so yeah. sure that the, the uh, uh, too much of a negative. Yeah, absolutely. And that is that is actually what I do. So I've got two calls a week, a Tuesday and a Thursday at 10am. Yep. The good thing about that, obviously, for me is it's only two hours a week. But the good thing for the participant is they get two opportunities to keep moving forward and get any, yep. any challenges removed as they move forward. Um, and I've done the same with a cohort one. So I've got a LinkedIn program where there's just the same time call for three weeks. They show up as a group and then it's not until the next intake they do that. So it's basically like you're saying, um, support calls are set times in your calendar. And I've had clients move things in their calendar yep. because they want to be a part of the program. Um, and otherwise they bump to the next tier saying that won't work for me. Well, would you like to do it one-on-one? -on -one? Yep. And so that's the, instead of endlessly customizing, uh, the beauty is like you can have, I currently have been working towards Monday and Friday, no clients. People can only book in my calendar Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from one till five. And the morning is for deep work and I've scheduled these group coaching calls. So being able to design a week that actually isn't just filling up your calendar yeah, and absolutely. providing that support. Yeah, because at the moment, the one-on-one, -on -one, the people who want one-on-one, -on -one, they want customised. You go deep into their their problems and, you know, you solve what's their issue and they can get things done much, much quicker than, you know, some people haven't got the time or the inclination to go through a course or to sit in with other people and, you know, they might not want to share their uh, business. Some people are like that. They don't want to share anything about their business and 
that side of things with other people. So um, it, it, the one-on-one is always good to have. And I think the other thing is if you don't do some one-on-ones or some small groups, you can start feeling a little isolated from people and a little out of the loop, I reckon. I think it's it's important to always keep your feet on the ground and feet on the ground in this instance means you know your clients, you're working closely with them. Otherwise, it, if it's just you creating courses and pushing it out there, it can be a bit of a, I'm pontificating, you know, it's it's less, probably come, becomes a little less two-way, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got two examples for that. One is a program that I was a part of and they had a one-on-one every 30 days. And so that was just a rolling one-on-one. So you had the group support. They actually had four or five calls that were group calls that were run by different coaches. So they had scaled it as a business of coaches in particular areas. But the one-on-one was a really nice touch point, knowing every 30 days you were meeting with a success coach and you went through personally, you know, where are you at? Where are you winning? What are your challenges? What do you need? Um, Personally, I've done it where when you reach a certain stage, you have my calendar link and you can book in to get a review of that step. So I've done mine as in you move at the speed you want. You might end up booking two one-to-ones in one week if you move that fast by having that one-on-one touch. And I even have a client that created a a $2,000 four-week strategic speaking course. And at the end of it, she had an in-person event where people got to invite their families and wine and nibbles and present. And so she went ultimate hybrid, which is uh, she's promoting to her local city. It's delivered that way. And for those who are overseas, they deliver remotely. And that was her version of mixing it up. I guess the takeout of all this, if anyone's listening and they say, well, okay, the general theme, I guess I want to um, leverage my my expertise, scale my impact, all the things we're talking about today that, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Um, and these are the ways to do it. So we've gone through the ways to do it. Uh, I guess the, 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 the thing is not to get so much overawed. The, the fact of the matter is there are various ways to do it that will work for you and your business. And I'll just pick up on something you said, Greg, earlier. You know, some people are delivering these courses into organizations, companies and organizations. And and I think sometimes in course creation side of things, we think about the individual sitting at home in their study, going plowing through stuff, or the business owner coming in on a group coaching call. But, you know, if you're in a position, you're in B2B and you're selling to bigger organizations, there's some magnificent, um, you know, opportunities there because businesses and organizations are always trying to train. And if you're flexible and you can start building out combinations of face-to-face plus some training modules, there's some pretty uh, pretty wild uh, uh, opportunities out there for you. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, there's larger budgets typically. And I think the pain point in the market, as you say, um, for the trainings that you've previously been receiving or doing, if they're off-sites or workshops, and they definitely have a place and a purpose, absolutely. But asking, how did that go back in your organization after that event? Was there transformational results as a result of that? And so what I'm seeing is um, coaches and consultants, those who work work with organizations that are talking about those sort of things, what if we could help to embed change over a longer period of time where they get access to the content that they can revisit or they move through a different pace, plus they get access to me. Maybe I come into the organization once a month or come in twice, or maybe it's via a call if they can't. And so there's... Yeah, there's definitely uh, lots of space and lots of niches there. I think 
even within organizations, there's lots of problems to be solved. Yeah. Um, another way to think of it is taking a vertical one day workshop, or I'm working with some at the moment, there's a couple of days, and we're turning them sideways into six to nine months. How do we take a one day and make it three months? How do we take two or three days, turn it into yeah. nine months? And so it's just and, and the other thing is COVID again has um, accelerated this because they're not probably necessarily going to the offsites. Although I, I do hear a few of those uh, internal uh, gatherings are starting to you know take place. But I think that you know the, like the future of work is probably hybrid. I think the future of events and training is probably going to be hybrid as well. So it augurs well for the person who is the teacher and the educator and the expert, the consultant who can get out there and package their IP, et cetera. So let's quickly touch on, I, I mentioned at the outset about the infrastructure around it. And I guess with mm -hmm. infrastructure, I mean the, the services and the tech and the apps and um, everything, <laughs> the box and dice. Um, like, let's have a quick riff on that because uh, people might not be aware of the and having just gone through it, there's probably too many things out there. Um, so the, the the challenge is there's too many. You've got to work out exactly probably what's what you want and what's right for you. But let's kick. I'll kick you off. I've I've just started with Kajabi, K A J A B I. Mm -hmm. For those who um, aren't sure of what what a Kajabi is, um, and they, they it, so we're talking about an all in one system where you can sell your coaching one on one. You can sell digital products. You can have a community running in the background, a membership uh, community, and you can create standalone courses. So you can do everything. You can do your emails and your marketing funnels and everything comes into the one kit and caboodle, which has got some upside and downside. Um, there's Podia, which is another one of that ilk, and there are a number of others. What's your take? We'll, we'll take them uh, step by step. What's your take on the all-in-ones and do you see uh, a role for them? Yeah, absolutely. And so um, initially chatting with people, I say, well, what do you want to, what do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? And the, the, the first question is, well, I, you know, do you want to host courses? Yes, I want to do that. Do you want to market your courses? If they say, yes, I want to market it, I want to go beyond word of mouth, just straight to my website or just a place to host them. Then we get into the all in one, which is like you said, Podia. I personally use Kartra. Um, Kajabi and there's some other ones, but it's basically saying, do you want to have an all-in-one platform and you pay a little bit more for those, but they actually end up costing less than a bolt on, you know, get this application for marketing and this for email and this for that. So it ends up being cheaper. Um, I'm a big advocate for simplicity and doing what you'll actually use. So yeah. that's normally the question is marketing. For some people, there's the simplicity of, I just want to be able to host my courses. I'm going to be speaking at an event and I just want them to be able to find the page, pay for it and get access. I'd actually, or um, they're just using smaller means. And so there's uh, Thinkific and Teachable. I'd Teachable. say Thinkific is you know very user-friendly and, and yep. there's a bunch you can do with it. Um, there's two others. One is if you're getting, if you think of, just hosting courses, then what we're talking about is a marketing platform that does all in one. I personally love that. And as I've grown, then you have all the functionality there. You don't need to migrate. The third one would be organizational level, which has a lot of functionality in the back end. Who's watched what um, certification, um, a lot of visibility. It's it, There's much higher priced enterprise level. So I yep. would think pretty much anyone listening to this is not, I wouldn't encourage you to even look at that. 
Um, and then the last one is things like Udemy, which is, it's a course, um, it's like a YouTube of paid courses. So yeah. if you don't want to pay at all for a subscription, you can host on there. The risk is you're going to get the lowest possible price for your course because yeah. you're in a course space, but you also don't have to build an audience or try and sell to people. So yeah, um, there's those ones. It's already there. Yeah, they, they control the price. It's kind of like being on Amazon. I'm going to put my book through Amazon. That's <laughs> and, right. Yeah. Uh, they can do whatever they like with their, their pricing and stuff, but it's but it's an option too. And it might be, and and I guess I, I, I know a few people now have got LinkedIn courses as well. They've submitted it to LinkedIn and been uh, accepted there. And I, I guess it's the same sort of theory with Udemy. And uh, there, there are others out there as well of that ilk. Um, and maybe that's a good starting point for some who just, I just want to get it out there and I don't want to worry about any back end. That's that's probably a, a good place to start. But if you're going to start building something a bit more of substance and maybe, uh, I guess, you know, the, building a, out a product ecosystem, then um, what the, the platform you use will, uh, will matter. I, I'll add another one in there, given that most people are probably on WordPress at some point uh, for their own website, that you there are no shortage of pretty good plugins and, and back end that you attach into um, off off the back end of uh, WordPress. Um, so uh, Thrive is one. Oh, there's there's dozens of Learn them. Dash. I don't know. Yeah, yeah Learn Dash is another one. Um, Access Alley is another one. And they they look like they've got all the things, but I guess there's to a degree you might have to add other stuff on, and and there's a little bit of virtual gaffer tape going on in the background. So if you don't want to muck around with the tech, then that's probably not the way to go. But that's having complete control. You want complete control? It's on your platform. And when it comes to content and everything, I've always been a big believer of that. Um, I looked at it. I shied away only from, you know, if something goes wrong, I don't, you know, there's just too many vagaries to do with it. And uh, um, I just thought I'd go with something that's, always safe and and uh, you know people's uh, I guess their details are safe and you're in a big environment where all the big players are using I think that um, you kind of can't go wrong so um, that's just the infrastructure I guess the other part of it is um, if you want to do you like the community aspect sometimes there's places like circle circle.so which just just does community um, there's another one called Heartbeat, and a lot of those are now starting to add courses on. Mighty Networks is another one, um, and sometimes they're community first, where you add the content, the courses into that. So that's that just adds another layer. I don't want to get everyone confused, but but some people I know what love the idea of a, a membership. They don't want to teach one-off things. They want people to come along for a journey and really add that value over a period of time, and just to build um, a recurring revenue stream through a monthly membership, for example. And a lot of those have got, um, you know, you can either integrate with Zoom or they've got their own um, um, video conferencing functionality. So uh, Zoom is probably going to be your friend as well in all of this if you're going to do some group coaching. So, and then we have the, well, the email, you've mentioned it a couple of times, Greg, and it's really important to be able to communicate with your students, uh, not just from a marketing point of view prior to the sale, but you also want to be able to email them. So some of the all-ins have got email embedded. Other ones you might have to integrate. So you might have to get a convert kit or a MailChimp or something like that. So they're the main parts really, aren't they? There's the, the hosting and the, um, the functionality of integrating with other tools. 
um, that's something to to check out. So, Greg, what's the kind of the process then when people are thinking of going down this path? I, I, you've kind of said it all the way through, I guess, is, is, but let's just tie that one up in a bow. Um, really about the pain points you solve, isn't it? Yeah, so in terms of working it out, um, I normally encourage people to do a bit of a Venn diagram where they're working out, uh, the, sorry, not Venn, um, the Ikigai circles, which is, um, you know, what are you passionate about? What are you good at? So passionate about, do a list of 20 things. What are you actually good at? Where can you get results? List of 20 things. Uh, what does the world need? List of 20 things. And then um, what can you actually get paid for? A list of 20 things. And I think just finding that right balance there on on finding where there's a good match, maybe rate those out of 10. You can work out, oh, this is a topic I'd be really passionate around building a community around or solving that problem. Um, the other way to approach it is to look at where do you have results personally or where have you gotten results for people? Uh, the reason I, I start off with that and say, where do you have results already is because there's a level of confidence that goes within what we're doing is we're just shifting the business model. I'm just putting what I know that works into an online format or I am you know, turning what I already coach into a course plus coaching model or delivering it into an organization. That is a, a good way, I think, to start with confidence. When you go, oh, I've got an idea for a course. I think people would want this. And I know people have this problem, but you haven't solved it. What tends to happen is then when you go to create the content, it's generic content. And then also you end up a bit um, weird kinds of sabotage with launching it. Uh, it was all kind of personal things that we haven't really talked about, but the self-sabotage or the fear of launching or fear of failure shows up a bit stronger. So I so say, where do you already have results um, is a good way to do it. And starting small is, is a simple way too. So if someone's looking to validate something, I would say put together a step-by-step -step program or process, then do it live. Don't, don't necessarily uh, productize it straight away. I think you mentioned doing things live, a 10-week program. Uh, I, I think that was live. Yeah. where you can actually go through with people. There's extremely rich feedback in talking with people, taking them through the steps. Maybe you did, you know, you do an hour each week together and half of it is you with slides delivering content. The other half is questions yeah. and that's testing your course. Yeah. Um, so a number of different ways there. If it's a small but uh, painful problem that you've solved a number of times, you might say, look, I'm going to package up one hour to an hour and a half of content no longer than 10 minute videos, I'd say three to five minutes, make very clear step-by-step -step process and then do a mini launch for it. Let people know that it's there yeah. and, and get it done, give it a go. Get it, get it out there. And the other, the other one is I know a couple of people that have done it through email. So mm -hmm. you um, sign up and an automated email sequence starts and it's dripped out every few days or every week for 10 weeks or five weeks or something, you could do that as a freebie, just to, um, you know, do it really top line uh, to validate your idea. Cause that's a word we've used a fair bit. You want to be validating your idea. You don't want to be spending a lot of money creating a beautiful course and getting on the hook of a subscription for a, uh, you know, for a course hosting uh, platform and a lot of money spent. And we've hit, we've all heard the horror stories here, Greg. Uh, lots of money and beautiful videos and all well produced and blah, de, blah, de, blah. And uh, to crickets, nothing happens. And uh, I think it's really a case of building up. And it's the same with content, you know. You probably don't just, don't, you know, you've never 
created a podcast before and you just start doing a podcast. You know, you, you start posting on social media to test your ideas out and see what people are resonating with and, and uh, you know, write some articles and then you start getting confidence in what you do, uh, but don't go to the full thing first. You, this, is a, this is an arena where you can do some really exciting small things, even webinars, you know, like little masterclasses and things like that that uh, can be uh, really useful in getting feedback. But the, you know, the old school way is really literally, you know, have ConvertKit or MailChimp or something like that, MailerLite, which is what I use. People sign up. And you drip out a course uh, ongoing for five weeks, and they get, and then encourage them to email you back, and you'll soon get that feedback. So that's that's another way to do it. Now, I want to come to self sabotage um, because this is going to take people out of their comfort zone. You know, they're probably yeah. already doing it one on one, but to start scaling it is a little bit different now. Um, I mean, if you've been speaking at conferences and stuff, I guess that's kind of at scale, but this is a whole new level. And the people we're probably talking to, uh, you know, do consult, they coach, they're advisors, they do speak, they may have written books, uh, all of that. You might turn your book into a course, who knows? Um, but the next stage is putting it out there and hoping people buy it. And that's a little bit different than spending your life, as a lot of us have, got referrals from people. And that's how you grow your business through sheer referral um, and through the content you create, etc. But putting out a course means reaching a lot of different people. Uh, you alluded to it a minute ago. All of those things that come into play at a certain period of time. Uh, let's let's unpack that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's just as you're speaking there, there's two main ones that I tend to encounter with people. Uh, one is the the classic fear of failure, which is this is something new. I haven't done this before. Will this work? You know, will people buy it? Uh, will people? And I think what you're saying before is so is so helpful. We can often avoid that feeling by creating an isolation and going. If I just make it really high production, really great quality, I will avoid potential failure because what you're really doing actually is just pushing further and further out the question of do people want this. And so, you know, confronting that early on and doing the little validation steps is such a good way of getting over the fear of failure and starting to just share in public, um, create in public, let people know you're thinking of creating it, doing a webinar, those other things. So I think there's a fear of failure yep. that shows up for a lot of people. Um, but one that's maybe not expected, I think, is a, um, a identity challenge. And what I mean by that is I see myself as an authentic coach or consultant who works with people in person. Those people online do it in a way that involves marketing and sales and it's yucky sometimes and it's this, that and the other. Then when you try and step even slightly into that world, what happens is, but I'm not that kind of person. And I encountered this a bunch with, will I have to market this and Will I lose my authentic self? And how do I let those people know that this is genuine and those sorts of things? And so I think there's a, a part of realizing that there's other people online who are just like you as well and maybe releasing some judgment. If you judge people who do things and then you try and step into that world, you encounter a lot of resistance. And I've done this personally, which is I want to scale my impact, but there's a lot of marketing that I hate and I don't want to be that person. So well, good luck resolving those two. So you need to find a way to resolve. How do I scale my impact? Um, 
and do that authentically. So one of the words that I've been trying to use personally is instead of using the word but is using the word and. So I want to scale my impact or I want to productize my expertise, but I don't want this. And what you just did was you just told yourself it's not possible. Yeah. So I want to scale my impact and I want to do it authentically. Then it becomes a problem to solve. How do you resolve that? And uh, I think it was something, I think you said it just before we came on air, was um, holding back that knowledge too. And I've, I've heard this in a number of different ways, is that if you, you know, if you're someone who is wanting to put, have an impact and put stuff out in the world, it's kind of like, who's missing out on this? Yeah. Like, if you say, oh, I might fail or whatever, you're actually making it about you. But if you're thinking about your people and the, uh, the community in which you operate and the industry and everything, if you make it about the people, well, then who can I help? Absolutely. You know, so it's, it's actually just, um, I guess, reframing, um, but putting an audience first uh, lens on it. Yeah, and I love what you said there, an audience first lens. Uh, yeah, and the question that I ask people is, um, or imagining and drawing you out of your comfort zone is, you know, being being pulled by purpose. So who are those people that without you creating this are going to stay stuck? Another way to say it could be um, who is going to thank you on the other side of stepping out of your comfort zone? Mm. Imagine those people going, oh, I'm so thankful you made this because I was stuck, frustrated, didn't find someone who was teaching me in a good way. And you go, well, I'm creating for that person. That's why I'm going to get over my fear, insecurity, holding back, because it's not about me anymore. Yep. Um, and that can be a good way. Because I think a lot of people say, when I deal with my insecurity, imposter syndrome, self-doubt, this big, big pullback arrow, then I'll step out there. And I think another way of doing that is saying, well, what if the people who are having challenges that you could solve uh, were your priority? Rather than being confident, you just say, look, it's actually not about me. So it doesn't be... It, it just, like you said, reframes it from one day when I have confidence, I'll do this to I can't not do this because people need me. And it just pulls Ooh, you I love that way. Good quote. It's a bit big for a T-shirt, but I do like that one. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, that's fantastic. Uh, let's just wrap up in a, in a, in a few seconds. Is The fact is um, there's, there's great way, there's multitudes of ways of how you can uh, package your IP, um, productize your knowledge, scale your business, scale the impact that you have, have more impact on people uh, while still retaining the way you still do business now if it's what you like. Uh, there's lifestyle issues around, there's hybrid working, there's all of that comes into play. We've got the infrastructure, the platforms, the technology. Uh, we've got all of that. There's the need. Um, it's one of the fastest growing sectors, the online education world. Uh, and But the fact is there's hybrid. So it's not an either or, it's how can you add some of these elements potentially to your business now to add another revenue stream to help more people uh, or to pull back a little bit and uh, so you're not always trading time for dollars. So uh, a lot of stuff to unpack. Great to have such a, a rich conversation with you, Greg. Where's the best per place to find you? And if people want to catch up with you, I believe you you know, you know have a uh, book in a Zoom call with me as well if you want to discuss it further. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I'm in the process of, I can't say it now, but in the pro process of getting a more simple domain name, but at the moment it's my name. So it's uh, gregburgoyne.com is where you can find me, Greg, B-U-R-G-O-Y-N-E.com. And then yep. the same name, just finding me on LinkedIn, just type in that name, LinkedIn or, um, or on my website. 
And Greg, always, you've always got some nice provocations on LinkedIn as well, some good little timely reminders on things just to keep us thinking in the right direction. So uh, certainly chase up, check out Greg's website, chase him up on uh, LinkedIn and, and connect in. And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks everyone for listening, and thanks Greg for uh, for sharing your story and your uh, your expertise. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Cheers. The reputation economy is here. The world today needs more genuine, credible experts and leaders to stand up and share their experience, their wisdom, their stories, and ideas. Are you in? 